Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers. I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers. And we're going to look today at a very familiar story in the Bible, one you've probably heard many times over. And it begins with Luke chapter 8 with verse 40. Verse 40 says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years old, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged Jesus. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When everyone denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throngs you and presses against you, and you say, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, and she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how that she was healed immediately. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And while he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Now what we read this morning, again, many people have heard that story before, but I want to set the stage for you because it's interesting where we began. What verse 40 tells us, the very first part of verse 40 tells us that when Jesus came back to the Galileans, that they received him gladly. Now the reason that's important is because the 13 verses leading up to our text tells the story of how Jesus delivered a man with a legion of demons inside of him. This man was so controlled by demons that he was running wild, that he was naked, that he lived among the tombs in the graveyard, that he had superhuman strength, that he could rip apart chains and shackles because many times they had tried to shackle him and tame him and he would just break them apart. And he was even cutting himself with sharp rocks the reason why he was doing those things, my friend, is because the devil's job is to steal, kill, and destroy everybody he can. And his plan for you and I is the same thing. And this man had this legion of demons, but the Bible says that even though he was running wild and living in the tombs and had supernatural strength, when he saw Jesus... He stopped all that, he ran and he worshiped him and the demons started begging for their lives because even the devil knows who's really in charge. Can I have an amen? I want to tell you something. I don't care what the devil's been lying to you about and telling you. The devil is a liar. God is still on the throne and Satan is defeated. Jesus cast the legion of demons out with a word. 
Not holy water, not a crucifix, nothing like that. A word. And the whole legion came out of that man. They went into a herd of swine nearby and drowned the swine. Why? Because the devil's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Even the pigs, they killed themselves. Now the Gadarene people, they came running. And when they saw the man clothed and in his right mind, you would think that they would start praising God. But they didn't do that. Instead of being thankful, they actually told Jesus to leave. They told him to leave. I want to tell you, church, Christ was driven away by the Gadarenes because of their fear and unbelief. My friend, unbelief will always knock you out of receiving what you need from God. And fear is of the devil. As we just sang this morning, fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing in his love. My friend, fear is canceled. It can be canceled out by faith. But fear will also cancel out your faith if you allow. You can't have faith and fear at the same time. And so they told him to leave, and guess what he did? He left. And so he crossed the sea and returned to the Galileans, and that's why verse 40 tells us that when he came back to the Galileans, they welcomed him with open arms. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, if some will not accept Jesus, other people will, and that's where you'll find him. You will always find Jesus around those who want him, and all you need is faith. And that's the title of this message this morning. All you need is faith. Now, many people have heard this story of the woman with the issue of blood being healed by Jesus. But what many people fail to realize is this miracle actually interrupted Jesus going to perform a miracle for Jairus. I want to ask you this morning, what do you do when someone else gets a miracle and interrupts yours? What do you do when you've been praying for a miracle and you see someone over here get one, even someone in your family or someone you know, they get their answer and yet you're still praying and it's not happened for you. How do you handle that? Because that was the situation that Jairus found himself in. Now I want you to notice in our text in verse 41 that Jairus was no ordinary man. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He was someone who had authority. He was someone that knew about rulership. He knew about giving honor where honor is due, and he understood about receiving honor because of the position he was in. But notice, when he came to Jesus, he fell down at his feet, acknowledging Jesus to be the ultimate ruler. I want to tell you this morning, you may be in a position of power at work. You may be in a position on your job or in your home or somewhere. But I want to tell you, every knee bows down to Jesus. And whether you want to bow now, you will bow eventually because even the devil himself, the Bible says there is coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is king of kings and lord of lords. You can do it now voluntarily or you can be forced to do it then with the devil, but you will bow So let's go ahead and do it now. Give him praise today. So Jairus besought Jesus that he would come into his house and heal his 12-year-old daughter who was dying. And Jesus saw his faith and agreed to go with him. I want to tell you something. Faith will always be rewarded by the Lord. Whether it's great faith, whether it's small faith, God will always reward faith because faith is what pleases God. 
Without faith, we can't please him. It doesn't matter how many tears you've cried. If you're not believing God, you won't move him. You won't please him without faith. And so it was while they were traveling to Jairus' house that this woman joined herself to the crowd. Now the Bible says that she had been plagued for 12 years. She'd been hemorrhaging from some kind of disease. Now notice, 12 years. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. So this woman's sickness began around the same time that Jairus' daughter was born. And yet here they are, two peep, two strangers who never met, didn't even live close to each other, and yet here they are, convert, their paths are converging on the same path, both meeting Jesus on the same day. Can I tell you something? That's not a coincidence. That's a divine appointment. And I don't know what you've been suffering with. I don't know what you've been praying for. And I don't know why you came this morning, but I'll tell you this. This is not a coincidence. You're here, and it's not a coincidence. He told me and Jeremy me what he was going to do this is a divine appointment how many believe that today give God praise because he knows where you are this hemorrhaging had affected her in so many ways it affected her personally she was declared unclean because of the bleeding and so she had been sequestered to her home it affected her socially because anything she sat on became unclean and anyone she touched had to go through a ritual, a cleansing ritual, so she could not have physical touch with even her family. It affected her emotionally. She had been sick for so long, she probably forgot what normal felt like. She probably suffered with depression as well, wondering, is there any hope for me? This had affected her physically. She stayed weak and tired all the time because life is in the blood and her life was seeping out of her one drop at a time. It had affected her financially because she had spent all the money she had and yet it kept getting worse. It had affected her physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, socially. She was at the end of a rope. She had no other options available. Oh, but then she heard Jesus was passing by. And I don't know if you're here this morning and maybe you feel physically like her. Maybe you feel emotionally like her. Maybe you're financially just like her and there is no other options. I want to tell you that if your spirit will get a hold of this word, faith will begin to rise up in your spirit. Even though physically, financially, emotionally, mentally you're spent, your spirit, man, is greater than your flesh and faith began to rise up in her spirit and her faith told her if you can just touch the hem of his garment you will be made whole some of you may have felt like staying home today maybe you're wearied from worry you're sick of being sick and tired. You're tired of fighting the devil all week. But something inside your spirit stirred you up and said, if you can just get in his presence, if you can just get it, let him touch you, you'll be made whole. If that's you, give God some praise because he knows you're here and he brought you here. Shout out about Kosh Anybody feel what I'm feeling up here? Is it back there? Wave at me. My God, God is in the house this morning.
Though she was weak and tired, she went to where Jesus was. Though she was unclean, she pressed her way through the crowd. Though she was lonely, she didn't care what anybody thought about her. Though she was poor and had nothing to offer, she reached out and touched him. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? Peter said, Lord, what kind of a crazy question is that? You're surrounded by people. They are thronging you. They are pressing against you. There were a lot of people touching Jesus that day, including probably his disciples. Been, they were traveling. They were walking. They weren't standing still. You know, when, you, when you're walking, I don't know if you ever walked with a crowd before. But we walked in New York City just trying to cross the street, and they will push you out of the way. Just trying, And if you don't get out of the way, the cars will push you out of the way, you know. When you're walking with a huge throng, there were people touching Jesus all around. But there was one who touched him differently. And that's the one that got his attention. Brothers and sisters, it is possible to touch Jesus and not be healed. It was happening in this very story. Many people were touching Jesus, not just his garment. They were touching his hands, his arms, rubbing shoulders with him, walking, trying to see him, trying to get, trying to talk to him. There were people touching him, but only one stopped him in his tracks. My friend, Jesus felt virtue leave his body because one person touched him by faith. It is faith that gets God to stop and get your answer. It is faith that's what pleases God. Remember the Tyler's message, all you need is faith. It is possible to go to church and not be changed. It is possible to be in God's presence and not be changed. It happens every week around the world. People think it's about going to church. No, it's not. People think it's about singing the songs. No, it's not. People think it's about being in his presence. No, it's not. It's about faith. Always has been, always will be. We walk not by sight. We walk by the, 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 the just shall live by. It is about faith. Because people in hospitals can't be here. People in nursing homes can't be here. People who are bedfast at home can't be here. They can't come to church. Oh, but they can still touch Jesus because all you need is give God praise for some faith. And the Bible says she was healed immediately. Now listen, only two people in that crowd knew what happened. Jesus and the woman. And that's all that mattered, right? Nobody else needed to know. Wrong. Because Jesus stopped. And the woman realized, he's not going to keep moving until I confess what happened. Until I testify. She didn't do anything wrong, so it wasn't a confession. It was testimony time. You ever been in a service at church and say, it's testimony time, and all you hear are the crickets out back? Because nobody wants to say nothing. They know what God's done. They know and God knows. Ain't that enough? No. Peep. 
people need to know what God has done for you. And so she came and she said, hallelujah, and she shared what she had done, how she suffered for 12 years. And when I touched the hem of his garment, I was healed immediately. People need to know when God does something for you because it builds their faith. Because it's all about faith. My friend, don't ever let the devil steal your testimony because people need to hear it. And it was when she gave her testimony, Jesus said to her in verse 48, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but Jesus sees you. He knows your need, and he's asking you, are you willing to reach out by faith and touch him? Because you may be in his presence sitting here this morning. You may be singing the songs, but none of that moves God. It is your faith that makes him stop. It is your faith that gives you your answer. Hallelujah. What a great miracle. What a great miracle. And I'm not taking anything away from that. If you feel like the woman with the issue of blood this morning, this message is for you. But I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. All of this interrupted Jesus going to perform a miracle for Jairus. And while this was going on, verse 49 says, someone comes from Jairus' house and says, your daughter died. It's too late. Don't trouble the master anymore. Just, just come on home. Your wife needs you. What do you do when someone else gets your miracle and you're left dealing with what's left over? Well, the story doesn't end there. And God told me to tell you this morning, your story hasn't ended either. Look at verse 50. But when Jesus heard that, he answered him and said, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. They were far away from Jairus' house still. They still had to travel by foot to get there. I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how far away God is from you or how far away you are from God. It's not about distance. It's about faith. And if you call on him today by faith, he will hear you no matter where you are. You may be listening to this message on the internet. I don't care where in the world you are. If you cry up by faith, distance has nothing to do with it. God will hear and he will answer you. Can I have an amen in the house? Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe that God is real? Do you believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him? Believe and you shall have it. Believe and you shall have it. Jesus said, if any two agree together, touching anything, asking in my name, it shall be done. I want to tell you about a friend of mine by the name of Barbara Bose. This woman was, is a woman of faith. She was one of our ministry leaders in our church in Huntington. To kind of compare her to somebody that 
you might be familiar with to kind of make a comparison a little bit. She reminds me a lot of Sister Phyllis Simmons, and I don't do this to put you on the spot, Sister Phyllis. Just trying to give you an idea of what kind of woman she is. This woman, when she prayed, she believes God. And I can tell you, as her, I was her pastor for nine years, and every time, whenever, whenever she had a need, and whenever we had time for prayer on the altar, when she came forward, she always got an answer. I, the only way I can explain it is the way Jesus explained it. He said, if any two agree together, touching anything, asking in my name, believing, it shall be done. Barbara believes with everything in her that God will do what he says he will do. He And she teaches his word every single week. And every time she would come up, it doesn't matter if it was a need for her, for her children, for somebody else standing. It doesn't matter what the need was. For nine years, every time we prayed, God would give her the answer. Not always immediately, but he would would answer every single time and then I would go down the prayer line I would pray for other people some would receive and some would not and the only way I can I can explain it is just the way the Bible says if you believe and have faith it will happen but if you do not believe and have faith it won't because all you need is faith now this is the kind of woman that is seven years old she had a vision about a man falling down on the beach with bombs dropping all around him. And God told her at seven years old, you need to pray for him. He's your future husband. This is a woman that God's been speaking to all of her life. And so at seven years old, she began to pray. Didn't even know his name. Years later, when she was 18 years old, she saw this handsome man on the tennis court because she played tennis. And he did too. And he, he asked her if he could play tennis with her, and she said, I don't play with strangers. So he introduced himself to her. Well, later that night, he calls her and asks her to go on a date. Well, they begin dating, and two months later, she finds out that he had fought in World War II. And that he had also been placed in a refugee camp in Germany and then was set free after three months. It was then that she told him about the vision that she had had when she was seven years old because he was an older man. And he told her that indeed that he had been on the sand, on the beach, and bombs were landing all around him and his company, but not one person was hurt. Hallelujah. God answers prayer. To make a long story short, they got married and were married for 60 years. He is now in heaven. She's still teaching the word of God. And God rewards those who believe and he diligent and those who diligently seek him. He does. He does. And so look at verse 51. When Jesus came into the house, he suffered no man to go in except Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And everyone was weeping and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Now I want to ask you, how many of you can tell the difference between someone who's sleeping and someone who's dead? Let me see your hand. If their eyes are closed and they're still breathing, they are sleeping. If their eyes are closed and they're making loud noises and snoring, they are 
sleeping. If their eyes are closed and their heart is still beating, they are. If their eyes are closed and none of that is happening, they are dead. But I want you to notice something. God sees death differently than we do. We see death as our enemy. And we fear it. Because when it comes, we can't stop it no matter what we do. But God sees death as something that is as natural as sleep. Throughout the Bible, you will actually see this. Let me give you some scriptures. This is not all of them. I'm just going to give you a few of them. Before Moses died, God told him in Deuteronomy 31.16, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Job, through his trial, he thought that he was going to die, and he said in Job 7.21, For now shall I sleep in the dust. You will seek me in the morning, but I will not be here. When Lazarus died, Jesus said in John 11, 11, Jesus said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Paul explained the resurrection this way in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. He went on to say and explain in 1 Thessalonians 4.14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Brothers and sisters, what does this tell us? This tells us that death is not to be feared for a child of God because Jesus took the sting out of death and gave us the victory over the grave. Anybody glad that God gave you the victory? If you're a child of God, you just fall asleep here and wake up in heaven. Somebody praise God for that. He says, she's not dead, she is sleeping. Now listen, this does not mean that we sit around longing for death. No, because we have a job to do while we are here. And our job as each believer is to tell other people about Jesus. That's where your testimony comes into play. You don't have to argue. People will argue the Bible with you. They'll argue church denomination with you. But the one thing they can't argue with you about is your personal testimony. That's why Jesus had the woman with the issue of blood share her testimony. That's why God wants you to share your testimony Monday through Saturday because people need to know that God God is alive. You see, friends, death does not decide when you leave here. God does. Let me say that again. Some of y'all missed it. Death does not decide when you leave here. God does. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. You're not going anywhere till God is through with you. That's why you can say no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I will condemn because my heritage is of the Lord. Somebody give God praise because God's got you back. And Jesus told Jairus, if you'll just believe, it's going to be all right. I want to tell you the same thing. If you believe, it's going to be all right. Because God sees you and he knows where you're at. Look at verse 54. And he put them all out of the house and took her by the hand and called and said, Maid, arise. 
And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Now I want you to notice the first thing Jesus did. This is very important. He put all the unbelievers out of the house. And it wasn't even his house. Can I tell you something? Some of y'all need Jesus to come in your house and just take control. You need Jesus. That's the first thing you need to do. When we open this altar, you need to hit this altar and say, Jesus, come to my house and clean whatever needs to be cleaned. I give you permission, Lord, to even run the unbelievers out. Because that's what Jairus did. Jairus said, Lord, you come to my house. I need you to take over because I can't handle this no more. It's out of my control. Notice, secondly, that he only let Peter, James, and John, Jairus, and his wife inside the house. Now, why? Because you need to be careful who you let in your inner circle. Because unbelief will cause you to miss what God has for you. And miracles will only happen in an atmosphere of faith. I got to say that again. Some of y'all missed it. Miracles only happen in an atmosphere of faith. That's why from the beginning of this service, we've been rebuking fear and resisting it and telling you to let faith begin to rise up in you because God is wanting to build an atmosphere of faith here this morning because this is going to be miracle time. This is going to be breakthrough time. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you're here by divine appointment. God knows you're here. You're here because he wanted you here and he He's got something for you. Give God praise if that's you. But you got to be careful who you let in your inner circle because their unbelief will cause you to miss what God has for you. And so it's decision time for some of y'all. Some of you have friends who are always negative, always talking about other people, full of unbelief. And you're wondering why you're not getting your miracle yet. You've allowed them. You have allowed them to be your inner circle. Listen, the other 12 disciples were with Jesus. But he only picked Peter, James, and John. The other people in your inner circle may come to your church. They may be your best friends since you're little. And I'm not putting anything against them or saying anything against them. But what I'm saying is you know who among your friends and family can believe God and who can't. You know who God who you can count on when you have a need, and you know who you can get to call on to pray for you. You see, friends, you need to hang around people of faith. That's why at this church we have six services a week here so you can come and build your faith every single service. And if you're not growing spiritually, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. We're giving you every opportunity, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night prayer, Tuesday night Bible study, Wednesday night family night, six opportunities a week. And if you're not taking advantage of it, if you're not growing in your faith, it's not the pastor's fault. And when you leave, don't you dare blame any of us because it ain't our fault. And don't you blame the devil either. The devil is a liar, but you don't have to listen to him. And some of you, you are the negative person. Some of you, you are the one talking about other people, and you need to stop. 
It is decision time today. Some of you need to cut some relationships. Some of you need to cut your tongue. <laughs> Spiritually, not, not physically. I didn't tell you to do that. God can help you with your tongue. The Holy Ghost will get a hold of that and give you a holy prayer language, and he'll help you tame that thing. Absolutely. The question i got to ask you is this. Do you believe God's word, or do you believe the doctor's report? It's decision time. I'm winding this thing down. Hang with me, because God's got something great in store for you. Back in 2015, a 14-year-old boy named John Smith lived in Missouri. He and some friends were playing on an icy frozen lake and he fell through and he drowned. They made a movie recently about his story. It's called Breakthrough. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it because it is a miracle of God. A modern day miracle. Because we can read this story from Luke 8 and the devil will tell you and say, well, you know, it'd be great if God still did that today. Oh, he does. He drowned, and when they found him and pulled him out, he'd been underwater for 15 minutes. They rushed him to the hospital, trying to revive him. He went without a pulse for 45 minutes. No oxygen to his brain, and his heart stopped beating. Finally, the doctors called the time of death. They let the mother go into the ER by herself to say goodbye to her son. And when she was in there by herself, remember Jesus ran the unbelievers out. When she was in that room with her son, some of y'all seen it. I know we took a group to see that movie. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When she was in that ER with her son by herself, she began to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, there are times when you don't know how to pray and the Holy Ghost will pray the perfect prayer through you if you get full of the Holy Ghost. Well, that's just emotionalism. No, it's not. She began to pray in the Holy Ghost, and God gave that boy his pulse back. The doctors ran back in the ER. They couldn't believe it. They began, they got his pulse. They sent him to another hospital, a bigger hospital, where they ran tests on him and they worked with him for days. She told the mom, told the doctors, I don't want any of you speaking anything negative or unbelief in this room. He can hear you. You do your best, and God will take care of the rest. Now, that's a mama who has faith. Are there any mothers in here who believe that God can do what he says he will do? Any women of faith, single women, let me hear you. All the single ladies, come on, give God praise today. 48 hours later, John opens his eyes. His lungs that were once filled with water and blood were now completely clear. They took him off the respirator. Two weeks later, he was back in his home church praising God. God still is raising the dead. He's still healing the sick. Give him the best praise you've got. Get on your feet because our God can raise the dead. Hallelujah, Jesus. Shut up. shut let faith arise and fear be resisted. Do you believe? I said, do you believe? Because all it takes is faith. 
the size of a mustard seed. And Jesus said, you can tell the mountain in your life, be removed and cast in the ocean and it will obey you. Because we serve a dead, raisin, mountain-moving God. Do you believe that today? Give God another praise. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy more than any doctor on this earth. And the amazing thing to me is this. The Gadarene people could have had those miracles, but they told Jesus to leave. Oh, but when he went back across the sea... The Galileans welcomed him with open arms. They believed him and they received miracles. The woman with the issue of blood was healed immediately. Jairus got his daughter back. What do you need from God today? This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.